It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Good morning and welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Coming up on the programme later on, Miss Katrina Morrissey, news editor, Irish Farmers Journal, talks about farming bracing itself for the virus. And also in the Irish Farmers Journal this week, it's been pointed out that farmers are to receive, that's suckler farmers, are to receive up to €90 per calf under the new suckler-focused Beef Environmental and Efficiency Programme. The scheme will pay a combined total of €90 per calf for the first 10 calves and €80 per calf thereafter, up to a maximum of 100 cows. For example, a farmer with a 20-cow suckler herd could receive up to €1,700 or up to €8,000 for a farmer with a 100-cow suckler herd. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Mr Michael Creed, told the Irish Farmers Journal the programme seeks to increase economic and environmental efficiency in the suckler herd through improvement in the quality and quantity of performance data collected with a view to supporting the adoption of best practice and more informed decision-making at farm level. Payment will be made on the number of unweaned calves born on the holding between 1st of July 2019 and 30th of June 2020. Applications must be submitted online and the closing date for applications is 15th of May 2020. To be eligible for payment, the calf must be sired by a beef-bred bull and a beef-bred suckler cow. Once the farmer submits the cow stroke calf weights, €50 will be paid on the first 10 cows and €40 per cow-calf unit thereafter. Another €30 per calf will be paid for meal feeding. Farmers can also choose to implement a vaccination programme instead of meal feeding. For in-depth analysis and commentary on this Irish Farmers Journal story, details in the journal by Adam Woods, Beef and Suckler Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Also in our programme coming up soon, Mr Sean O'Sullivan, CEO Cork Marts, outlines all the precautions which are being taken by his marts to ensure that trade can continue and that animals can be sold at the mart, but strict hygiene must be observed. IFA President Tim Cullinan said a collective effort is needed to deal with the challenge of the virus. He said we support the measures and the agri-community will play its part, as it always has with others, to keep the supply chain operating. 
He said in line with the government announcement, the IFA would suspend all meetings at branch, county and national level until March 29th. The IFA, he said, would develop arrangements to keep their offices open while factoring in the advice given by the HSC on social distancing and the challenges posed by the closure of schools, colleges and childcare facilities. And Mr. Conan said that the IFA will continue to be guided by the advice from the public health authorities. The Beef Plan Movement advised that their national AGM, scheduled for 22nd of March, is being deferred. They say this decision is based on public announcements made in relation to the virus. The Chief Medical Officer is recommending that indoor gatherings of more than 100 people would be cancelled. The Beef Plan Movement say they wish to comply with government directions on this issue. The Irish Artura and Hill Farmers Association have issued a statement saying that in the national interest and in an effort to mitigate the possible exposure to the general public contracting the virus, the INHFA are suspending all public events in the association's calendar until such time as it's deemed safe and appropriate to recommence such activities. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, in a statement issued on 13th of March 2020, say the department is working closely with the Department of Health and with other departments as part of a whole government response to the virus. The department will also be implementing its own business continuity plan to maintain essential services. This means, the statement said, the department is taking all of the precautions necessary to protect its staff and its clients consistent with HSE advice, but is remaining open for business, prioritising the delivery of essential services to farmers, to fishermen and the food and forestry sectors. The department is taking necessary steps to ensure that producers and processors can continue to operate effectively and keep supply lines open, and that the department can operate as effectively as possible during the current situation. Keeping food and other processing facilities operational, ensuring that payments and commercial activities which are necessary to protect farm incomes can continue, and that fishermen can continue to land fish and place them on the market, are amongst the critical priorities for the department, Minister Creed said. In many instances, these activities depend on the department's ability to carry out its regulatory and inspection functions. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Miss Katrina Morrissey, News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Katrina, welcome to the programme. Now, with this virus, we'll call it for short, despite its importance, the virus, it's had an enormous impact on the country. To what extent has farming and our agribusiness and agri-exports been affected? Yeah, I suppose that we've seen a huge amount of change in the last 24, 36 hours as regards... Um, uh, schools being closed, you know, the Taoiseach putting us all, I suppose, on high alert as to the increasing number of cases of the virus, and, and that has obviously had a big effect on farming. Um, one, I suppose, of the most dramatic changes to day-to-day farming is the limit on number of people going to the mart. So ICOS yesterday came out and said that they would limit the number of people inside a mart ring to 100, and uh, a lot of marts have taken that on board. They've done it today. They've done it in Skibreen and Roscommon. And over the weekend, there'll be sales in uh, Elfin and Ross Grey where they will have that in place. And some marts are taking some uh, kind of tech solutions as well. They're going to take phone bidding. They're going to use some webcams. Um, so very, very big changes there in the mart scene. 
Um, other than that, we have vets saying uh, that they will uh, advise their, sorry, the Veterinary Council of Ireland has said that they're advising vets to take the necessary precautions, but there is no evidence to suggest that the virus can be tra- transmitted from animals to humans. So from that point of view, they're going to be working kind of business as usual. Um, other vets are saying just ring ahead if you want to um, order some uh, medicines or, or things like that. Um, for those of your listeners who might have students in college, there's been changes there. The Ag College in UCD has postponed all its exams and their work experience students in some cases may finish their work experience early. And dairy co-ops and the meat plants, the impact on those of this virus? Yeah, I think the dairy co-ops and the meat processors were nearly first out of the traps in terms of having some really strong contingency plans in place. And a lot of that is um, based around sensible advice for everybody. So they want to prevent the person-to-person spread of the virus. And from a, you know, a farming point of view, really practical things. There's no need to meet the milk lorry driver when he's collecting your milk. There's no need to be shaking hands with the guy who's delivering the feed. Um, you know, try and reduce that close personal contact with people coming onto the farm and collecting goods. Um, one of our journalists, Lorcan Allen, uh, has also today just had a look, at, I suppose, at the wider economic impact. And uh, shares in agricultural companies, unfortunately, have taken a hit this, this week. Um, about €5 billion euro wiped off the value of Irish agri-food companies this week. Companies like Kerry Group, Glambia, Rista, Greencore, FBD. So a, a big micro um, effect on farming and very big macro effect as well. Will the meat factories be operating, I wonder? Yes, they will. At the moment, their plan is is to continue processing animals as usual, but with a very heightened um, security, not security, I suppose, personal, personal hygiene and uh, overall hygiene um, protocols. So, for example, some factories are, are advising farmers that if they're delivering animals to the factory themselves, that they stay in the tractor or the jeep while the um, factory employees unload the animals therefore avoiding the contact between the farmer and the employee. So, no, all plans are there to continue that trade. Very essential trade, obviously, for farmers with animals to sell. And as we've seen in the last couple of days, a huge, huge demand for food as well. Fresh meat and fresh milk orders are gone up about 60% um, yesterday because we saw the panic buying of people in the shops. Now, as regards the farm organisations, I think the farm organisations, one by one, they're issuing various um, press releases. But I think the general tone is that sooner or later, all of the farm organisations by this weekend have come to the decision not to hold any meetings. I understand all of the farm organisations, the IFA, ICMSA, ICSA and the Hill Farmers and Natura Farmers, all I understand will have by this weekend suspended all their meetings to, to be on the safe side with this national lockdown. Yeah, I think some very sensible precautions being taken there. You know, we all have phones. There's no reason why you have to, to meet someone face-to-face necessarily to, to get some business done. And from that point of view, I think the farm organisations have done the sensible thing and called off any non-essential meetings. To your knowledge, Katrina, is there any fund in place to cover farmers' loss of earnings during this uh, lockdown period, so to speak, the period of the virus? 
So in terms of the business funds, not that I'm aware of at the moment, but farmers who do contract the coronavirus um, and are sick, they are entitled to sick pay under the new rules being introduced by the um, by the government. So that is good news. Farmers are eligible for that sick pay as well. And also anybody, farmers who are on, on social welfare payments, you know, for example, the pharmacist on POSTA says that they have a a new system in place that uh, they can provide for someone who might be uh, vulnerable in a in a health sense that they can make it easier to collect their money from the post office. So that's worth knowing as well. Approximately as things stand, unless we get a very quick resolution of this, and it doesn't look like we'll be solving the virus situation soon, an overall ballpark figure for what our national economy might lose in terms of uh, agribusiness, agri-export business lost. Well, we know that uh, five billion has been worth off the value of shares in agri-food companies. That's not, I suppose, the same as what might be lost from the agri-food economy, but it's a very good indicator of of how quick and fast this has hit the um, the business already. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Katrina Morrissey, news editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you, Katrina. Further details and opinions and plans and rules and regulations in this week's Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you, Katrina, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Sean O'Sullivan, CEO of Cork Marts. First of all, Sean, welcome to the programme. Now, we know the virus, as we'll call it, is affecting a lot of Irish life. How is this uh, virus affecting Cork Marts, your business and all your branches? Is it affecting all of your branches in the same way or more or less? Okay, John, first of all, can I say we're very thankful and very fortunate that we as Mart operators, the same as every Mart around the country, are still in business and can remain in business. We are in business subject to the new regulations and the new protocols, I suppose, that were announced at a national level by our Taoiseach and we are operating within those um, strict guidelines and I think it's very important for us and for our customer base that we operate within those, respect them and that should permit us to continue in business. So I suppose just to explain, Sean, how we are doing our business in the current climate, there is a limit, as everyone knows, of 100 people for indoor events as they're described. And the way uh, we're seeing this, and I think our interpretation is correct, and we have taken advice at national level and at department level, we're confining the numbers of people in our sales rings to a maximum of 100. And I'll go into the, the method of doing that in a minute. But first of all, I suppose, the message and the communication that we're very anxious to get out to our farmer customer base is, and this is most important, We would ask those people who do not necessarily have business to do at the mat on a specific day as a buyer, a seller or a haulier not to attend. Normally, we are delighted to see big crowds and good atmosphere at our sales. We are not in normal times at the moment and we have to adapt. So we would ask and urge those people who do not have business to conduct on our premises not to attend our premises. Look, I'm not just speaking for our six marts and cock marts. This applies to every mart in the country and all the marts in the catchment area and the customers listening to your programme this morning that go to other marts. We're all operating on the same protocol and we want to communicate and get that message out. Now, how are we doing that and how are we monitoring that and managing it on the day? What we have adopted is, and I think all marts are adopting something very similar, We will control the number of people entering the sales ring by literally uh, 
having one entrance and exit door only into a sales ring. We will man that door and we will give out numbers or some kind of a monitoring uh, method whereby we know the number of people going into the sales ring and we will close the door at 100 and as people leave, we will allow more in and we'll do it by ticketing or numbering. Uh, we had our first sale under these conditions in Skibbereen and thankfully uh, it went well. It worked well for the first trial of it and uh, thankfully I think the vast majority of people attending on the day understood and respected what we had to do. I think it's very important that we're successful in doing it because we want to continue in business as does anyone in business during this difficult time. But I think from an animal welfare and an animal health point of view, I think it's also important that farmers will have the opportunity and continue to have the opportunity to sell their livestock, particularly calves at this time of the year. A lot of farmers are not geared or don't have the infrastructure or the labour on farms to carry big numbers of calves. And look, we want to be in a position to, to continue with our sales and our buyers are anxious to continue in business. Uh, the export markets are still open and our buyers, uh, for both domestic buyers and export markets, want to come in and to be able to buy calves and indeed adult stock, and we want to be able to offer that service. So again, John, please, if you don't have business to do with the Mart, look, we would ask you, under these unique circumstances at the moment, please don't attend. A few other things maybe to add to that. We are asking our sellers that when they have their business done in our Marts, in other words, when their stock are sold, and their business is concluded, we're asking sellers to leave the mart and to head home, uh, to try and keep the numbers as low as possible. We're also appealing, and I suppose this is very relevant, given that schools are now closed, children are at home, and they're at home on farms, we would ask parents, please, please do not bring children to the mart, because, look, uh, normally we like to see children around the place, uh, if, if we can manage them in the safe environment. In the current climate, look, we really don't want to see children coming into the, the premises when we have to limit the numbers in the sales rings. We want to reserve those places for people who want to do business. So that is the structure and that is the way we organise your business now, John. I would understand that you have plenty of hand alcohol sanitising Opportunities. I'm sure there are opportunities right across the mart for those people who do come to be aware of the protocol, try and stand, well, you really ideally should stand a metre away from the other person, avoid handshaking, use your elbow or signal. So there are plenty of opportunities and reminders at your various Cork Mart branches of the need to keep your hands sanitised and the protocol of not standing too near the other person. The same as every, any business or any event, uh, we are following the advice that's been given nationally and I think everyone is very well aware of it. We would be encouraging a lot more hand washing, etc. All our staff will be wearing protective latex gloves. We are increasing the level of on-site cleaning that we will be doing on sale days and we would expect people to be sensible and to observe the guidelines and protocols such as social distancing, etc., that we are all being advised about every day and which is very good and very important advice. So our customers, I'm sure, on our premises will um, adopt a sensible approach and, and understand the approach to all those things. 
We are talking about this today, Sean, but I understand in the Irish Farmers Journal, and we emphasise it's the online version, bang up to date, Irish Farmers Journal online. I understand there's more information there, more up-to-date information, and a reiteration of the points we've covered in our conversation to date. Yeah, that is true, John. Look, this is all part of the messaging process that we're going through. Uh, We want to get the message out there. We're open for business, but under different conditions, and we're asking people to be patient, cooperate with our staff, and work with us. There's one other, I suppose, important point that I want to make, and that is... Look, in the last couple of days, uh, in the last 24 hours in particular, we've seen on our TV screens and on social media, we've seen this thing of panic buying in supermarkets, etc. Look, we want to send out the message to, uh, particularly to our livestock farmer customers, don't panic sell, right? There are no restrictions on the movement of livestock. As we have seen, the demand for food is actually increasing, if anything, Irish farmer, the best producers of the raw materials for food, be it dairy, uh, cereals, uh, beef, uh, poultry, etc. The demand is going to be there, right? And no European government is going to close their borders to the importation of food. So don't panic sell. Uh, Continue to do business as you normally would. And uh, what we're afraid of, if there was a big rush of stock coming out and people starting to panic sell, that it would impact negatively on the price. So I would, I would urge a bit of calm and a bit of caution in relation to that. And hopefully it, it won't impact too economically on farmers in terms of their livestock prices. And in the marts, in all of the marts, there are posters displayed prominently at the marts outlining the position of Cork Marts to the virus, we call it, and the message is clear to people. It's a reminder of what people should do to be aware the whole time of the conditions outlined in the posters on display at all branches of Cork Marts. We want to get the message out there, uh, which I have repeated a few times. Uh, We want people on our premises who are doing business and people who don't have business to do on a particular day Please refrain from attending and the day that you want to do business in, we will be there for you if we can observe these protocols and play our part in this national effort. Well, thank you very much indeed, Mr. Sean O'Sullivan, CEO for Cork Marts. Thank you for speaking to our listeners and outlining the position to your many customers whom we believe will be listening. As regards Cork Marts, you're telling farmers you can bring your animals to the mart, but you must observe certain strict protocols in your own better reformed interest. It's unusual times. Uh, I think we all have to adapt in in how we're conducting our everyday lives, be it socially or business-wise. We're trying to adapt and abide by the national guidelines that have been laid down for all of us. We're asking our customers to cooperate with us and support us as we do it. And if we can be successful in achieving this, then I think we will be allowed to continue in business. If we fail to achieve it, uh, we may not be allowed to continue in business, and I don't think that would be for the benefit of our farmers. So hopefully we can get back to normal business when this is all over. And look, at that time then, when that happens, we'll be delighted to see everyone back at our sales. Until then, we want to limit it to buyers 
and sellers only. John, thank you very much for this opportunity. My pleasure, Sean. Thank you very much indeed. So, marts and vets remaining operational, but provisions are firmly in place to ensure government advice is followed out to the letter. Thank you, Sean, very much indeed. Mr. Sean O'Sullivan, CEO, Cork Marts. Thank you, Sean. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. Adrian O'Callaghan, Chagask Dairy Advisor with the Chagask office in Sandfields Mallow in County Cork. First of all, Adrian, welcome to the programme. Could you comment on the grass situation on farms? Yes, John, thank you. Um, well, I suppose, John, as, as we know, it's been uh, extremely wet spring and um, there's uh, very little grass grazed at present and, and very um, not an awful lot of cows have, have seen outside but um, so it's very variable across farms and I suppose um, just maybe just to go through a few scenarios um, because I think all farms fall into one or two or three scenarios so we have the scenario maybe where there's very little grazing done maybe uh, less than 10% um, of the farm grazed and I suppose just, just to reiterate that like the targets in a normal year would be that by Patrick's Day we would have uh, close on 60% of the farm grazed and we'd be aiming to finish the first rotation by the first week of April but really that has all gone out the window with the, with the way the weather has, has, has come so I suppose the three scenarios that I see on farms we have people that have more, less than 10% grazed we have people that have about 25% of the farm grazed and we have other people then that are uh, that are uh, have somewhere between 40 and 50% grazed Um and maybe just to go through the three scenarios, well, the people that are have 40 or 50% grazed, they're, I consider them more or less on target, and they should try um, and, 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 and stay on target according to their spring rotation planner, whereby that they, if they can still get out and still go grazing, um, the aim is um, to, to hit 60% by next week and aim to finish the first rotation on the first week of April. Um, so they're more or less on target. The people that have 25% grazed, um, I think they just need to to, to readjust their spring rotation planner, whereby 
their aim really is now at this stage they're at 25 or 30% so the target would be that they'd have 60% grazed by the 1st of April and 100% of the farm grazed in aim for that around the, the 15th of April. For the people that have less than 10% grazed I suppose it's a, it's a harder challenge because I think at this stage they won't get the whole farm grazed in the first rotation um, so they should aim really for the next 30 days up to the the 15th of April to try and graze 2% today so they'll, they'll end up grazing 60 or 70% of the farm and at that stage they know that the 15th or the 20th of April they'll have to reassess their situation um, see how much grass is coming on the, the paddocks that they're going to go grazing in the second rotation and they may end up cutting some of the farm for silage just to, to correct the situation um, so look overall uh, different scenarios out there I think I would say that um uh, the diet of the cow is important now. Um, a lot of cows who haven't seen an awful lot of grass um, since they calved for five or six weeks um, are showing um, uh, losing body condition, and and and, and we we are trying to minimise that at this stage. So a cow on five or six or seven kgs of ration and and, and silage alone probably only has enough energy to do. Uh, 23 or 24 litres and at this stage these cows are probably putting out 28 or 30 litres or up on 2.1 or 2.2 kgs of milk solids so they're in negative energy balance because they just can't eat enough uh, they can't get enough energy in when they're on silage alone so I suppose what I'd be saying to most people is to is to try and get the cows out um, uh, if you can only go out for 3 hours it's amazing that for going out for 3 hours uh, can get five or six kgs of grass into them, uh, which at this stage is is probably up on um, a third, um, a third of their diet. So um, and and that extra energy uh, will see a big difference in body condition. Um, the key to getting cows out in, I suppose, is uh, they must have an appetite. So if they're eating silage, uh, we must take the silage away from them for three or four hours, and then and and uh, and so that they're they have an appetite going out. And when we go out for three hours, that they go out, they eat, and we take them off again. It's on-off grazing. We have to be practicing at this stage. The ground um, underneath the cows is not dry enough to stay out full time, and and basically it, three hours. And three hours is the max. Once the three hours are up, set a timer on your phone. Three hours are up, you go out and get them. Um, because ground conditions are not good enough and cows will do damage to paddocks if they stay out any longer. And I think the last thing I'd want to say, John, is um, when you're standing inside in the yard or standing inside in buildings and you hear rain hopping off the, the, uh, off the roof, there's a perception that ground is wet outside there. But you'll be surprised. I'd encourage everyone to walk their own farm. There is probably parts of the farm that uh, are, are somewhat dry and that uh, can take cows and uh, you should walk the farm and find these areas and um, and if it means only grazing the front of every paddock off the roadway at least some grazing is happening um, so look I suppose they'd be my pointers for, for the grazing uh, for the grazing scenario and um, I think it is important to get grass into cows now because cows calved cows calved six and seven weeks and uh, they're under a small bit of pressure be quick off the mark, be ready to avail of any dry spell you get and there are times we know when the sun is blasting down from the sky etc etc but be quick off the mark, avail of the on-off grazing, be aware too naturally enough of the balance between poaching and maximising on the available on-off spots you get etc compensate the cow for the energy uh, she's using in producing good quality milk 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think I, 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 I stand here and say like that. That ground is fierce weight. Farms are fierce weight. Um, but um, even if only the cows went out for two hours, um, it makes an awful difference to their diet. Um, if we can get grass into them for two or three hours, it's the difference between uh, it's the difference in three or four liters. So um, basically, I said already the cow on silage and, and, and meal six and seven kgs of meal it has the potential to do twenty four. But if we can replace uh, three or four kgs of that silage with grass, we have the potential to do um, twenty eight or twenty nine liters, um, which cows are doing at present. So um, even even cows being out for two hours um, in the middle of the day um, can make an awful difference to the cow's diet and, and the energy intake she takes in. To sum it up then, being uh, quick off the mark to avail of any opportunity you get to get some of that uh, grass into the cow, we turn to the next obvious thing which is affected by bad weather, by rainy weather, leaching and uh, all this uh, rain and water around, some cases farms waterlogged, but fertiliser... There's a few different scenarios out on the farm um, or out on the ground at present. I think um, uh, there at the start of the month um, or the end of January or the start or the, or the start of February, um, the farmers got 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 nitrogen out and got slurry out. So in most cases, uh, most fields have either seen some some slurry or some fertilizer, and to the degree of 23 units and. That's all we we would have asked for. Like, if you spread three thousand gallons of slurry, you've some you've roughly twenty or twenty three units out. If you spread a half a bag of urea in February, you had twenty three units out, and and that's all we needed to put out in February. But now we are heading for the middle of March, and I suppose if farmers that are walking their their fields kind of seeing a, a little yellow tinge coming into the grass, and it's because maybe two things: the grass is running out of nitrogen, uh, or secondly, the grass is probably um, in waterlogged conditions. So um, we need uh, nitrogen to go out again now. So um, we need everyone to to kind of be uh, trying to make bring every field up to seventy units. So. Um, for the fields that got slurry or the fields that got half a bag of uh, nitrogen, um, they need to, to spread another bag of urea. Once they can travel um, without doing damage and once ground is not waterlogged and and there and there's and we get uh, 48 dry hours dry weather um, after spreading. So I probably am asking for a lot in the current weather conditions. I'm asking for... Uh, the machines to be able to travel. I'm asking for um, uh, two days dry weather after spreading. Um, so look, we just have to again look for our window, um, and you may not be able to spread all the farm um, into one go, but there may be some of the farm that can get topped up, and 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 you to 70 units, and you bring the rest up uh, later. For the people that have no nitrogen out, well, again, I, I would say that they they require now a bag of urea as well. So whether you have nitrogen out or you've no nitrogen out, everyone is really needs a, probably a bag of urea. Uh, to go at this stage um, so that's the situation on farms but I suppose we need to be wary that we, we, we need two days dry weather after spreading um, so we need a window of dry weather and secondly we shouldn't be spreading on waterlogged soils so um, we should walk the farm and um, if the ground is waterlogged well then the fertiliser should stay in the bag until uh, ground conditions improve And some types of land if it's mismatched can result in a person wasting a lot of uh very hard-earned money on fertiliser that's not really being taken up, that's not on target. Great advice there to be flexible and ready to avail of any opportunity for on-off grazing or on-off application of nitrogen, animal health issues. Could you 
give a, a brief overview, Adrian, speaking to Mr. Adrian O'Callaghan, Chagas Dairy Advisor with the Chagas Office in Sandfields Mallow in Cardigork. Animal health issues which should be ideally addressed now? There's a number of issues, um, I suppose. Generally, when we come um, close to Patrick's Day, we start talking about vaccines. So the annual booster for, for BVD and Lepto um, for cows is probably coming due in the next few weeks. So, so just a reminder to farmers um, about uh, about looking at that. Um, so that's the first thing, vaccines, and to, to update them again. Um, the second thing is um, milk recording, I suppose. Um, and, and and especially when cows are not out at grass, uh, people kind of back off from milk recording a bit until they get cows into a good diet. But I suppose the side I've come from is cows have been in sheds now for a long time. Uh, they've been in sheds up to six or seven weeks since calving. So there's going to be mastitis issues. And, and really the first milk recording is all about um, like a report card for um, getting your report card for for what you did um, at the dry-off period. So I uh, so you dried off cows, did the dry cow chew work, uh, how much mastitis you had after calving, and I'd encourage people to to go and, and to do their first milk recording um, roughly um, um, one, uh, 60 days after they, uh, after they start calving. So that's coming around now for most people that, um, that, that calved on the 1st of February. We have seen in other years where we've got poor weather that people have, have, have backed away from it because I suppose they just don't want to milk record their cows when, when cows are on, on silage diets. But really the first milk recording is all about um, um, uh, doing a kind of a, an assessment of how your dry cow treatments worked. And secondly, uh, finding these cows that have mastitis uh, or subclinical mastitis and especially when cows are still in sheds. Um, the other health uh, issue that I see on farms at present is milk fever. There's plenty of it around. Um, I suppose we've had uh, we had a good year last year, so there was good silage in the pits, and cows are in good condition. And uh, concurrently, then because of the, the the good condition cows are in, um, we the later calvers are now suffering from milk fever. So I suppose just the word that. Um, people are to, to keep feeding the dry cow minerals to the to the last bunch of cows that are still um, due to calf to monitor body condition score because already I said uh, that the milking cows are, are are generally losing body condition but the cows that haven't calved yet are actually going the opposite way and putting on too much condition uh, and that'll lead to, to milk fever um, the older cows generally are more prone to, to milk fever so just look at what cows are left to calve and, and the older type cows um, may you may need to talk to your vet about um, maybe getting giving them a bolus around calving time to, to prevent uh, to, milk, to prevent milk fever and the last thing I suppose is um, the silage that you're feeding um, it probably needs to be restricted a bit if, if, if cows are in good condition um, and um, the, so that they don't put on more condition and maybe it needs to be mixed with a bit of straw because of two things you, rest, you restrict the, the energy intake of the cow um, to to put on less body condition and secondly if there's high potash in, in the silage it can lead to milk fever as well um, the last issue then I think is for calves um, with the weather we're getting, maybe um, calves are not uh, moving off farm as quickly as farmers had hoped, um, um, especially with exports. So uh, just a reminder again, like that the space a calf needs is roughly two metres squared um, per calf. Um, so that's a floor area space. And, 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 and an airspace then is, is seven cubic metres of airspace per calf. And that's measured 
illustrate by the, the length, the breadth of the shed, uh, by the average height of the shed, and then divide divide the divide the meters uh, cubed by seven to get how many calves, how many calves can fit in that shed. And secondly, the floor space is just the length by the breadth divided by two, how many calves can fit in that shed. And really, when calf when calf um, um, calf housing comes under pressure calf health generally comes under pressure as well so uh, just a reminder maybe just to, to do that quick zoom again and make sure that we're not overstocking calf sheds and that um, that we're not putting young calves in, in with older calves in sheds if we're running out of space because um, the, the older calf um, won't suffer as bad as the young calf um, in, a, in an overstocking situation and of course, we know the calf situation, calf welfare, that's something that's caught the imagination of people off farms. People, of course, we know whose livelihoods don't depend on calf welfare. But nonetheless, in the scheme of things, to get the very best price, to get optimum price for your calf, obviously, those conditions you refer to, the amount of space to calculate on the general side, the amount of space available, and that will get you the best price for your animal. And at the same time, prime consideration, the welfare of this uh, calf, this uh, living animal that people read about and are concerned that everything is being looked after. Yeah, and absolutely, John. And maybe if calf housing is filling up, look to the alternatives. Like so, so at this stage, people have eighty and ninety percent of the of, of the cows calves. So they may be calving calving facilities that are 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 being freed up, and that can now be used as as calf housing. Uh, there's probably covered silage pits um, that are, are now empty of silage, and and maybe these can be used for for calf housing. So maybe just do the sums. I'll I'll, I'll repeat it again: two meters squared per calf. That's the lying space and seven cubic metres of airspace and that's by length by breadth by the average height of the house divided by seven tells you how much airspace is available per calf. So if, if, if you do them sums and your calf housing is coming under pressure, well then look at the alternatives. Can we put, can we put calves into uh, calving facilities because they're not needed for calving cows anymore or, 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 or maybe covered silage pits or something like this. But overall, um, my travels on farms, calf, calf health is good this year um, and, um, and, and, and that's the way we want to keep it. And uh, I think um, uh, credit to all farmers, they're, they're, they're they're doing a great job on rearing calves and minding calves and animal welfare is, uh, is top of their uh, agenda and their priority on farms at present. And the very worst uh, fears, concerns and predictions about a, a calf tsunami which would come, apparently that has eased to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. I think farmers are moving calves off farms and... and, 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 and um, and the the welfare of calves is 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 uh, as what I can see on farms is is top notch and and credit where credit is is due to farms uh, to farmers for that um, that um, um, farm farmers are 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 animal are animal rearers and take pride in it and uh, I I I'd be very happy what's happening on farms at present. Thank you, Adrian. Mr. Adrian O'Callaghan, Chagas Dairy Advisor with the Chagas Office in Sandfield Mallow in County Cork. Thank you, Adrian, very much indeed. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks for listening. Have an enjoyable weekend. Next Agri Update due this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.